This episode of the Series A podcast is brought to you by the Blockchain Founders Fund. The Blockchain Founders Fund is a global entrepreneurship and investment fund that focuses on adding value to emerging technology and blockchain projects with real-world applications. The Blockchain Founders Fund supports seasoned and first-time entrepreneurs across the key business function with a hands-on intensive go-to-market venture program. Our second sponsor is SGI Partners based in New York City. SGI Partners is a private investment firm that pursues compelling investment opportunities in middle market businesses. SGI has a flexible mandate to invest across the capital structure in control-oriented investments, ranging from strategic financing to buyouts, allowing us to implement innovative investment strategies that preserve invested capital and mitigate risk while driving growth and creating value. As an, inv- as an advisor to SGI partners, I help identify investment targets in my geographical area. Now on to this fantastic new episode. So we are here with Dr. Sabrina Tashjan, who is head of, of the Asia Pacific Ecosystem at Hedera Hasgraf. And uh, Hedera is a company which is headquartered at uh, in Texas. Sabrina is also a tech investor and uh, she has uh, mentored in several incubators, uh, startup and startup accelerators. So Sabrina, welcome to Series A, the podcast where we talk about uh, venture capital and entrepreneurship and a little bit of uh, crypto. Uh, so how are you doing this afternoon? It is afternoon in Seoul where you are based. Uh, how are you doing? That's right. First, uh, first of all, thank you for having me, George. Uh, very excited uh, and uh, happy, uh, happy weekend almost. <laughs> yeah. So let's start. Uh, if you can tell us a little bit about your background, and uh, let's go all the way to your current position, which is uh, relatively new at uh, Hedera. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so I, I would say, I guess, disclaimer, I have a fairly heterogeneous background. I've done a lot of different things. Um, I'm from France originally, grew up there. and uh, But I spent about half of my life um, in France. Uh, so I stayed on, up until I finished my undergrad. So I'm actually a chemical engineer by training. Uh, and uh, after, after school, I... Um, decided to move to Japan for a year to do a kind of like a co-op type training. So I worked for a Japanese chemical company. That was like my, my first overseas experience, very eye-opening. Uh, and uh, I, it kind of left me wanting for more, you know, was like 21, 22, and, and uh, first really exposure to Asia and to a very, very different culture. Uh, and then after that, I wasn't quite ready to, to uh, go home <laughs> and I decided to move to the United States, uh, actually moved to North Carolina uh, just after Japan uh, to do my master's degree. Um, biotech was really booming at the time. I mean, it still is, but it was kind of the beginnings. And uh, I felt chemical engineering was uh, a bit more static, right? That the rule book has been written a long time ago. And uh, while there's still some innovation, I was very interested in the, the life science side of things. Uh, 
so moved to uh, North Carolina and, and went to NC State. Uh, chose that school because they had a good biotech program. And um, incidentally realized the lab I really wanted to work with uh, only had PhD projects. So I ended up, you know, the, the plan to do a master's turned into a PhD and uh, decided to do research in the field of genomics, which, which was very nascent uh, at the time. Uh, so, you know, fast forward five years, uh, got my PhD and then moved up to New York uh, for my postdoc, uh, applied my knowledge uh, to oncology. I was working in, uh, uh, at Cornell uh, in, um, uh, in oncology for mostly lung cancer research. Uh, but my goal was actually never to stay in academia. So I was kind of eager to try out the corporate world. Uh, so then I, I tried different things. Um, I worked for another Japanese company uh, in New York this time, uh, and more on the business side. Uh, and then uh, went a bit back and forth, actually. After that, there was a gig in epidemiology. Uh, which taught me the importance of washing my hands, among other things, which now everybody knows. Uh, and uh, eventually I realized, okay, if I want to kind of upgrade my career prospects, I need to, you know, it would be good to do an MBA. So then I went back to school again. <laughs> um, so uh, and then I went to NYU for my MBA. And this is, this was a bit of a pivotal time because after like 10 years in the US, then Samsung, uh, recruited me during during my my uh, grad school, and uh, um, that was my bridge uh, to move back to Asia to Korea this time. Um, Seoul was like a very uh, very much booming city at the at the time. I mean, still is quite dynamic, uh, but then so that kind of marks the next chapter of my of my career, which was which was in in, in Seoul and uh, worked at Samsung for about five four or five years in two different roles, uh, general tech, you know, strategy and business development mainly, uh, a bit of AI, a bit of uh, health tech. Uh, and then about three years back, uh, moved to Line, the, the messaging app you may have heard of, uh, joined their nascent, at the time nascent uh, blockchain team. And then I was leading invest, uh, blockchain investments for them there. Uh, and more recently uh, left line and joined a very fast growing uh, blockchain type project, actually uh, decentralized ledger technology company uh, out of the US called uh, Hedera Hashgraph. And uh, I also saw in your LinkedIn that you are mentoring for Techstars and the MOOCs. Could you? Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, that experience. Sure. Um, so Techstars, I was mentoring in their their uh, fall summer batch last year, uh, where where I, I mentored maybe three or so startups, and one of them actually more closely. In in which uh, city? So it was the Seoul uh, Techstars, uh, their inaugural batch. Yeah, okay. but the, the startups in that batch were coming from all over the place. I mean, some were Korean startups. Uh, the startup that I was mentoring more closely 
uh, milkyway.ai is actually uh, uh, based in um, uh, based in Singapore. Okay. Uh, but one of the founders uh, actually came for for that, and you know, it was it was a challenging um, uh, time because there was it was in the middle of COVID. Not everybody could be there. Uh, you know, there was quarantine to do and things like that. Uh, I'm I'm glad that um, that the founder was able to be there at least for part of um, the 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 program, and then for the rest, you know, we kept you know kept in touch uh, almost every week. Could you tell us briefly how Techstars work? So it, it was, I think, very similar to um, the other Techstars programs, right? In uh, uh, in the rest of the world, I mean, they they very much have a, um, a I would say, a kind of a, a set uh, a program in terms of onboarding. In terms of, as far as the mentors go, we had the this uh, matchmaking, you know, a couple of days matchmaking session where everybody talks to everybody. And then at the end, uh, you, I would say you can state your preferences or the, the, the startups that you're most interested in helping out. And then if it's mutual, you get paired. Um, and uh, yeah, there's different levels of, of involvement from the mentors, depending on, you know, how, uh, uh, you know, how, how, how useful you can be and, uh, uh, yeah, depending on the, the needs also of, of, of the startup. So it's like, you could be like a primary mentor or- but, uh, As a mentor, be... do you get equity in the startups that you are mentoring? No, this is really on a voluntary basis. Okay. Yeah. And do the startups get funding from tech stars or from outside investors? Um, both. Um, so this is a- um, you know, kind of a typical accelerator program where, you know, you join, uh, uh, you know, exchange for, in exchange for some equity, you get some seed funding. Uh, but at the end, well, that program is like most, most accelerator programs, they really kind of prepare you to, uh, to pitch to investors at the, at the end with the demo day. Uh, and of course, you know, they help in many other ways in terms of refining the, the product, the business plan, um, uh, and uh, and the go-to-market strategy. So what is the duration of the accelerator? It was about, I think it started in late August last year and then went until December, if I remember well. So it's a little, I think it was a little, it was about 12 weeks, if I remember well. Do you happen to so, know the equity that, tech stars get from uh, from the startups? I, I do. Um, and I think it's probably public information, but I don't know if it's for me to like give out all those details, to be honest. Yeah, I think it is. Right, I think, I think it is public. I think it is public. I mean, it's a very standard terms. <laughs> what I can say is I, I have nothing really outlandish. Okay, it's like 5% or something. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, did you have any blockchain projects in Techstars? There weren't. The, the, the company that I was following more closely, MilkyWay.ai, um, they were more of a, a computer vision based company uh -huh. and, and uh, applying, uh, applied for 
uh, retail, uh, for example, like doing shelf analysis uh, and uh, mapping out which products are on the shelf and the shelf, things like shelf execution and, and things like that. Um, very talented founders. And I believe now they are going through Y Combinator. So they are, uh, you know, they're definitely fulfilling their potential and still, uh, still in touch with, uh, with the CEO, female CEO, which is rare in deep tech companies. Uh, and I think it's one of the reasons why I was excited about, uh, about mentoring because there's not enough female in, in technology and not enough female founders in general. Yeah, uh, so Sounds yeah, really interesting. Um, so, uh, what if you can tell us the name of the startup, we can uh, put it in the show notes. Sure, milkyway.ai. Okay, um, so as a chemical engineer, then you got involved with the blockchain and cryptocurrency projects when you went in a line. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, that was my, I had been exposed to blockchain uh, back at Samsung. I had done most of a bit of, of a bit of research on the potential of the technology, but uh, it wasn't, I wasn't uh, more deeply involved until I joined Line. Um, and uh, it was, it was very interesting experience, right? Joining a newly created team uh, with a lot of energy. Um, and uh yeah, I think I realized that the, at the, the time there is no, there's a lot of good investment opportunities, but there was no good framework um, at the company to, especially to handle token investments. Um, so we decided to just create one and there was, you know, Unblock Ventures was a bit of an experiment within, within line. Um, and, uh, but it was, I, I like to say it was a successful one. Uh, and uh, so for about three, the three years that I was there, I uh, talked to a lot of projects, uh, you know, invested in a few, um, mostly early stage, uh, you know, blockchain startups, so some seeds, some series A, uh, and some token investments, so a little bit of a mix. Um, and also, I think for us, it was a tool for really sensing um, the, the industry. Um, getting a hold, a, a hold of the trends, um, creating relationships as well, because there, there are companies that, you know, we were, or maybe we didn't invest in because it wasn't necessarily the, the focus, but, um, but we felt could be uh, interesting partners down the line. So I was also facilitating partnerships with Line. Um, so uh, right now it is July of 2021 and uh, the crypto market has a valuation of approximately 1.4 trillion. Uh, it used to be double that some months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, if you can give us your uh, prediction of where, where it will go, uh, if it's going to go up again and uh, when, if, if you have an opinion on that, <laughs> you can share. <laughs> oh God, I mean... <laughs> I don't want to be giving investment advice here. Um, Just your overall, personal opinion, yeah. Overall, I'm very positive on blockchain and crypto in general. I don't think I would be in that uh, industry otherwise. Um, crypto has, uh, the crypto markets at least have pretty severe ups and downs. Uh, so it's not for the faint of heart. I've already been through 
I guess like the 2018, uh, uh, you know, bear, uh, you know, like uh, crypto winter. Uh, so for me, there's a bit of deja vu of what's happening in the market now, right? Um, at the end of the day, the industry keeps on going, whether the markets go up and down, the industry keeps on going, the builders keep on building. Um, and the adoption, you know, that's steady, that's, that's going up. So um, I'm not too worried about um, the short-term fluctuations that much. I think in the, in the long-term, um, crypto's here to stay, blockchains, blockchain and, you know, DLT technologies are, are only going to get more adopted. Uh, so, yeah, that's in a nutshell. My so the, the blockchain companies that you, you were involved with at Line, where were they based? <clears throat> I mean, in which countries? Uh, so we invested a little bit everywhere. So we invested in some, uh, of course, some Korean companies, um, but uh, also in international ones. So, for example, in the U.S., uh, rest of Asia. Uh, and uh, yeah, because uh, it's blockchain is a very, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's cliche to say it's very decentralized uh, teams. Um, and um there is, yeah, there's a lot less barriers to doing in, uh, you know, uh, businesses that are global from day one with blockchain. Yeah. And uh, you don't the, necessarily need, uh, you know, yeah. uh, to have an entity to be functional. And I think you see a lot of projects that just are a collective of people building something. Uh, and you have, you know, you, with, with, with cryptocurrency, you can, you can start rewarding people right away. So it's very interesting. And uh, then at some point you got affiliated with the Blockchain Founders Fund. And uh, this is also where we, where we met. Uh, could you tell us about that affiliation and uh, how uh, your opinion on, on the, what Ali is doing with this fund? Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, Ali's created a really thriving community, I think, uh, with the Blockchain Founders Fund. And uh, they've been, they have a great eye for, for startups. So they, they've been able to feature some really interesting projects. Um, and not just that, but they also, uh, you know, they, they also do some thought leadership, you know, author interesting papers. Um, and, and what I really like about, about um, the, the team at Blockchain Founders, for, uh, Founders Fund is they are, they're really like connectors. Um, they'll connect their, uh, their startups with the mentors. They'll connect the mentors with each other. They're very generous and, and uh, open in terms of, of uh, you know, uh, networking and connecting people. Um, so that's why I've been, I think I've remained quite engaged with, uh, with the Blockchain Founders Fund since I joined. And uh, Sabrina, with, with all this uh, experience and uh, especially in the crypto world, is uh, creating a startup something uh, that would be in your thoughts perhaps now or in the future? Um, you know, I almost jumped the gun earlier this year. Uh, I, almost, I almost joined a, a venture builder as an entrepreneur. Uh, so, so I was very close to doing that. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, the answer is the answer is yes. 
my my father's an entrepreneur, so he's a very good example for me. Uh, like he's a lot more courageous than me because he did it in his like I think early thirties. Uh, and uh, but he made it look easy because it was pretty successful. So I realized being a an investor that actually not that easy right and uh but i for me it's, it was also an inspiration because you see all these very smart people very driven people um you know going after uh, what they believe in and uh and then trying to build something uh so it's been an inspiration for me um at this time of my life i feel like um maybe not quite yet um you know, the reason why I ended up not doing that, that, that venture builder uh, program was, also some of it was personal. Um, I feel like if you want to be a founder, you really have to have a project you want to get out of your system that you, you really feel passionate and driven about. Uh, and uh, for me, when, when, I, when that happens and when those stars align, then this is, I think is when I would be uh, ready to start an entrepreneurial journey, but right now I just started something very exciting, exciting with uh, with Hedera Hashgraph, and uh, I really want to see that through. I think there's uh, there's so much to do with this company that uh, it's going to keep me busy for a while. Yes, and we are going to talk about that in the, this last part of our conversation. But when you say venture builder, you were ready to join like a tech stars or some similar accelerator. So that's the difference between a venture builder and accelerator. Is venture builder is actually pre-startup phase. You are like thinking about building one, and it's more of a matchmaking program between potential founders and um, getting getting there getting from zero to like an idea and a concept while an accelerator is a little bit later stage you already kind of have a team and uh, you're already working on something so like I was a, even an incubator. Uh, earlier than that yeah even earlier than that yeah okay uh, do you have any good ones to recommend for our audience uh, so it depends, I guess, which part of the world you're in. I mean, in Europe uh, or, or places like, like Singapore, there's uh, Entrepreneur First, for example, the uh, founders from uh, Milky Way that I mentioned earlier met there. Um, there's also the Antler, uh, you know, uh, Venture Builder. Uh, that's also from Europe, but, but, but uh, starting, you know, chapters. Uh, uh, in, in other cities. So those are two examples. I'm sure there's more. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's talk about uh, your your uh, position in Hedera. Uh, first, if you can say to our audience what uh, Hedera does and uh, some use cases, perhaps, and uh, what you are building in, uh, in uh, your, your region. Sure. Um, so Hedera Hashgraph is uh, uh, essentially decentralized ledger technology uh, company. Uh, so uh, you may be familiar with blockchain. It is uh, it's actually an alternative to blockchain, uh, but essentially decentralized uh, you know technology. So so uh, there are some some similarities to it. Um, 
I like to say it's enterprise grade um, because you know blockchain has a lot of issues with scaling and also energy consumption. Um, and uh, in terms of applications, it's very sector agnostic. You know, it's 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 a very horizontal technology. It's a bit like AI, where you could apply it to uh, you know a lot of different problems in a lot of different areas. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of traction uh, in uh, you know many verticals, like it could be a financial sector, for example. You know, with uh, if, maybe if you've heard of a uh, uh, central bank digital currencies or things like stable coins. Um, we, uh, we also have done some uh, implementations in uh, um, uh, supply chain. Uh, nowadays, there's a lot of uh, projects, uh, NFT projects also building on Hedera Hashgraph. Um, sustainability is a big theme for us as well because um, Hedera Hashgraph is uh, it's a very green uh, technology compared to say blockchain um, like proof of work blockchains like Bitcoin or I think we're about 250,000 times more energy efficient uh, than Bitcoin so with this a lot of a lot of sustainability related projects end up you know choosing choosing us uh, so we have a few um, examples, for example, carbon credit uh, marketplaces, you know, building on Hedera and tokenizing those carbon credits and making market, uh, you know, making some exchange. And um, so those are to name a few. Yeah. And uh, do you um, help uh, build decentralized autonomous organizations? So... Um, DAOs, I feel like DAOs are, I mean, there's a lot of those, uh, not so much on, on uh, Hedera yet. In Hedera, we've, we've, uh, we're very strong in the enterprise sector. So we do a lot of like real, real world um, applications. Um, but this is a very interesting area, very, very, uh, I think, uh, leading edge kind of, kind of area in terms of uh, new models of organization and uh, I think alternatives to uh, existing, uh, you know, communities. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's it's. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting experiments with DAOs. In, in many areas, it could be like investments. It could be uh, creation. It could be, yeah. It's. Uh, so your uh, role as a head of Asia Pacific ecosystem is to find um, applications in, in this area that could uh, benefit from decentralized, uh, from uh, decentralization? That's one of the aspects, yeah. Um, essentially, uh, I mean, if I had to sum up my role in, in one sentence is, is to grow the network, right? Uh, so think of Hedera Hashgraph as a kind of operating system and, uh, uh, I want, yeah, I want, I want apps to be built on that. Uh, so it could be, um, it could be startups um, building on Hedera, or it could be more like enterprise uh, players. Uh, we also have a very interesting governance model uh, because our our nodes 
you know, the network nodes are operated um, uh, selectively by a, a group of uh, large enterprises, typically Fortune 500, um, like IBM, Google, uh, we have LG in Shinhan in Korea, uh, to name a few. Um, so one of my roles is also to uh, recruit more of these uh, governance uh, council members um, so that they run, you know, they help run our network, but also uh, make the decisions on, you know, the vision for the technology going forward. Uh, and of course, we want them to build on Hedera to be users. So this, uh, that's that's an, that's another aspect, uh, and, uh, and and making uh, our ecosystem larger and more approachable by, uh, for example, increasing support for wallets, uh, for custodians, uh, for exchanges, uh, for our technology, so that you know there's an integration uh, work that, that that comes with that. So it's 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 multifold, yeah. So uh, tell us about the supply chain example you mentioned uh, before. So supply chain, well, we have several examples. Um, I guess I'll I'll give you one with a company called uh, Everywhere, uh, which is uh, based in the UK. Um, so they they do asset tracking. Uh, and uh, they worked with the, uh, the NHS, uh, so in the UK, uh, to secure the um, COVID vaccines, right? Because um, you're probably aware uh, the COVID vaccines need to be stored uh, at very low temperatures. If you break that cold chain, then the vaccine could be compromised. Uh, so, so everywhere, uh, you know, they have... Uh, uh, temperature sensors in each batch uh, to follow, uh, to, to monitor the temperature in real time. They wanted to be able to do that in a transparent way that uh, NHS could consult um, independently uh, how each batch is doing. Um, and uh, that's why they ended up going with a decentralized uh, you know, solution uh, like us because Hedera is, it is permissioned uh, network, but is public in terms of the transactions are posted in a way that um, any third party can verify what is going on in the network. That's uh, excellent. So uh, as we have reached the end of uh, our conversation, uh, Sabrina, would you have any final words about uh, what should we look out for in the blockchain world? That's a great question. I think, uh, I mean, it's cliche to say, but I think it's really just the beginning of, of uh, you know, of this industry. Uh, there is uh, still no clear winner yet. You know, I think I think blockchain is going to be like a, like an additional layer, like additional. Uh, I, I I I mentioned the word uh, operating system earlier. Um, so uh, wherever wherever trust is needed uh, between independent parties, I think blockchain or DLT um, has a space, has a has a case. Uh, and uh, the real world adoption is only really starting. There, you know, you you hear a lot about crypto, about uh, speculation and markets and such. 
to me, that's more like noise. Uh, it, it does fulfill the purpose of getting people interested. Um, but I think the, the, real, uh, the real adoption is yet to come. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm, you know, it's what I'm looking out for. Sabrina, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you, George. Pleasure is mine.